0: Hey, this is hunter with the awana tennessee network and our goal is to connect awana leaders and ideas for the sake of the gospel whether that's connecting the dots to your ministry or whether that's connecting you with other leaders to help you with your ministry we want to build those connections and today we're going to be connecting you with another awana missionary mr david roach and i'm excited for david to come on here today David's going to be sharing about a very needed topic right now, which is uh, needing leaders, recruiting leaders, especially with COVID and everything going on right now. There's a lot up in the air, and one thing that could be up in the air is, are my leaders returning? Do we have enough leaders? So David's going to be talking to us about that. I'm excited for David to join us. You know, he's got over uh, 10 years experience as an IWANA missionary He's actually been a part of Awana since he was around six years old. So he comes with a lot of great ideas and experience. I'm also excited for David because David uh, is part of my work group with Awana. As Awana Missionaries, we have a group that we constantly stay in touch with, uh, at least meeting once a week as a group. And so when I mentioned to my work group that I needed some guests to come on to speak to these topics, David was very quick to jump on. And so I'm glad to have his eagerness, his insight. So let's go ahead and jump to our conversation with David Roach. All right, we've got David Roach with us. David, thank you so much for wanting to do this today.
1: Hey, glad to do it, Hunter. Thanks for the invitation. Looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So uh, with me having a lot of missionaries coming on, helping me out with these, I like to ask them some of their favorite memories from either being in Iwana themselves or as a time as being a missionary? Cause I know you have to have so many great stories uh, from your time in Iwana. So I'd love to hear any of the big memories that stick out to you.
1: Iwana has been a big part of my life um, since I was six years old. So um, there would be a, a, a lot. So it's hard to get just a, a small sample in here. But um, for me, I, I grew up uh, going to like the Iwana camps and, Uh, participating in the Iwana games. And so I think a lot of um, what really drew me to Iwana was those uh, outside of church kind of activities, uh, the events, the competition, and uh, still remember to this day, setting the record in the three-legged race uh, for our TNT team. So um, (laughs) just um, so there's those sort of fun things from the from the participating side as a kid, right? Um, and now I get to be the Iwana dad, so um, <laughs> okay. I just love that role and and helping my kids through it and seeing like those light bulb moments, uh, especially with our daughter. Uh, she's mm-hmm. seven now, so really starting to to think through some things a little bit more and asking them some really good questions, uh, the hard questions, right? That yeah, as parents or as Awana leaders, you you get and you're just like, okay, wow, God's working on the heart there or something. Now I got to do a little homework myself. And um, yeah so that's only at seven. It's not going to get any better for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I'm
0: waiting for that to come because my daughter's two. So Puggle, it'll be her first time in Puggles. If we can, you know, figure out Puggles for her during this season, we'll probably have to do some things at home, but yeah, she already asked hard questions at two. So I can't imagine the older they get, they just ask you things and you're like, Yeah, let let daddy get back to you on that.
1: Enjoy that Puggles phase. You just never know some of the the connections that are being made. One story for our daughter going through Puggles was, um, the lesson was God made the moon. And Mm -hmm. so they took the whole Puggles class outside, saw the moon, it was all great. And uh, our daughter was just like, yeah, God made the moon. So she was telling us about it. And we were talking the next day. And She was like, come on, Daddy, I want to go outside and show you the moon. And so we went outside. And, of course, it was an overcast night, right? So you couldn't oh. see the moon. And in the heart of this two-year-old, the world just stopped at that moment. Like, all of a sudden, this moon that God made was <laughs> not there. So we had to do a quick download of the Google Sky app so we could always show our daughter where the moon was at all times. Just because for her, that lesson just really made an impact. So. Yeah,
0: poor thing. She thought, where's the moon? So. <laughs> That's perfect. I love little kids because they ask, they have no filter. They ask tough questions. They say just off the wall things. So it's such a fun time of ministry. thats awesome. I'll never forget that. Where's the moon? But uh, again, David, thank you so much for coming on. And, uh, you know, I, as we were talking about you coming on and speaking to this idea of volunteers and leaders, I know a lot of people, a lot of churches right now in the midst of COVID, They're saying, hey, I'm in need of leaders. You know, I've had some that have stepped back because they have concerns about serving during COVID or because of COVID, they need more leaders. They need more people, uh, more hands on deck to uh, just cover all the basis of uh, extra guidelines and extra needs within their ministry. So with all of that, I figured it'd be great to cover this idea of recruiting leaders and so, uh, kind of just to kick the conversation off, you know, as we're talking about recruiting leaders, what are the first things that come to your mind when you think of uh, ways to approach other people and ask them to join in the ministry?
1: Yeah, Hunter, it's always the question, right? I mean, we always understand that that's always a big need as volunteers and having a great um, idea and a great desire for ministry, but understanding that it takes people, it takes. Yeah people to be willing to, to to step into these roles. And so um, I I say, just go ahead and trick them. Um, uh, No, (laughs) Um, this COVID-19 season, it it does open up a lot of possibilities though for, for new people. Um, I, if we all think back to how we first got involved in ministry, there was a catalyst, right? There was something that, that happened. Um, Maybe it was something that, it was just the church decided to start up the ministry, and we knew we were we were wanting to be a part of that. Um, in some cases, maybe it was someone was sick a night, and we got like an emergency phone call, text, and just said, "Hey, we really need someone to to, to fill in for a night. Um, can we can you count on Can we count on you for just you know one meeting?" Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think in the case for a lot of folks. Um, this COVID season could present a really interesting opportunity to get some some new people involved in this ministry. They may not have volunteered for a, a six, eight-month commitment in August, but if you, you know, were to approach them and say, you know, obviously this is a hard time, obviously there's, you know, several of our devoted volunteers that can't be there in person right now, could you be that, that reinforcement, that cavalry that comes in? And really helps us out in this time of need. And and of course, in the back of our minds, we would love, love, love it for that person to, you know, be uh, a devoted volunteer, you know, start off in this ministry and stick with it for the long term. We don't know if that would happen or not. But um, in the mentality for some people, that might be something that really appeals to them. Um, But I I always, you know, encourage when you're looking for volunteers to be as specific as you can with what is needed. Um, we definitely don't want to give that impression of, of bait and switch, and right. you know, people thought something was going to be one way and, and it turns out to be the next. I mean, there's always going to be some flexibility, of course, uh, in ministry, but we want to be as clear as possible up front. And it really helps, too, for the folks to see how they fit. Yeah. Uh, if they can see, un- oh, I can read a Bible story, I can help a child memorize a Bible verse, or I could man a line at game time, like if they just start to really physically put themselves into those positions. It can be a big help.
0: I like that idea of a specific ask because I've kind of been there too where I've had the little bait and switch where they say, oh, it's not a big deal. All you're going to do is kind of just be around the kids and you'll help out if need be when you don't realize help out if need be is doing a hundred different things. And and so it's good to be specific of, yeah, what we're needing right now is people just to listen to verses and uh, help kids through their sections or Maybe you just need crowd control person where uh, as you're transitioning from segment to segment, just someone who makes sure uh, we've got everything in order. And so, yeah, I like the idea of being specific. And, you know, you talk about um, when you go to people having a specific ask, but I guess to flip the question with that specific ask, do you have specific people in mind? You know, do you just do a blanket call to arms or do you, um, is there a type of person you should look for when you ask for volunteers or leaders? How how would you go about that? Of um, How do you approach people and what kind of people maybe do you look for when you look for leaders for your ministry?
1: Sure, Hunter. I think there's definitely a couple things you can. Uh, look forward to get started. Obviously, the church is going to have probably its own requirements as far as what it would ask for from potential volunteers, and so you want to be with well well within those guidelines, uh, but if it's a, a family of a kid, um, if you've got uh, family, parents, grandparents even, um, those those type of people that obviously have a heart for children and have that uh, discipleship role already in their home, um, those would be people that you would want to uh, look into, but um, if if you if you are thinking and praying about ministry, and if there's a name or a face that just pops into your mind, I mean that is definitely uh, someone that that we can uh, approach about ministry. I, I don't like to say no on behalf of anybody. I mean, there's you may know that someone's really busy with work right now, or you may know that that health is a concern. Um, but at, at least reaching out, I think, is a very is, is it's highly respectful for the people that we're asking. yeah, I think it shows that they're valued and, and we don't want to say no for them. We want to them to know that that we really do uh, value them and that, that they really have something that they can contribute. Right.
0: Yeah, and I like that because I think sometimes we're too quick to count someone out. Um, they're too busy. They wouldn't like working with kids. Um, let them say no. And you said something else I really liked was personally asking that person because um, they kind of deserve that, right? If you're really wanting someone to commit to your ministry, the least you can do is ask them to their face, or at least during this time, maybe a phone call or a, a you know Zoom call or something. But because you know that I don't know who I heard this from, but when it comes to volunteers, they say if you just go on the pulpit and make a, a blanket appeal you know, everyone's going to think, oh, well, I know someone who could do that, but they never think of themselves. Where if you personally ask them, they can't go, you sure you're talking to me? You know, because it, it's to them. And so I like that. Um, I think that's a phenomenal insight you brought out was that personal ask and being specific with that ask of what you're requiring of them and not making it super vague.
1: And, I mean, just to kind of piggyback onto that too, I mean, it, it's often we, we, we go through like the nuts and bolts of what they'll be doing. Um, and we can also often lose track of the why. I mean, just the big picture. I mean, I think we, if we can get people excited about why we're doing this, I mean, it, it's hard to find somebody that doesn't think children's ministry is valuable. Um, they may not see exactly where they fit in that, but get them excited about that why. Have that story right on the tip of your tongue about, uh, the difference that ministry is making in the life of a child. And, um, that may not just seal the deal right there, but, um, it at least gets them thinking about what God's doing. And we all, we have that desire to make a difference. We all do. So yeah, hook them I, on that. Why?
0: That's so good, man. I, cause I think one reason we can lose volunteers or not be able to, uh, gain any volunteers, is we focus so much on the what that, like you said, we lose the why. And I think a lot of recruiting is vision casting because people, they can easily say, oh man, am I really needed to sit and do this or clean up or do whatever? But when you put it, like you said, in that perspective of the vision of the ministry, like Hey, don't think just because you, you're, you're, one of your roles is claiming that it's minuscule and just putting it in the grand picture. I really think a lot of recruiting volunteers is vision casting. And so that's spot on, man. Uh, you, you gain people by vision. Um, this is just a side thing. When I was, you know, really in the heart of support raising to be a missionary, I came to find out that, you know, people like to know what I was doing as a missionary but man, when I told them the why of Awana and the why of my role, that that got way more people excited and willing to partner than just the, here's my daily routine as a missionary. You know, so awesome, awesome insight, man.
1: What? Um, you're talking about knowing that you're making phone calls and, and sending emails and uh, putting together podcasts. That wasn't enough right there That's yeah, to, to yeah. raise all the support. Sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. And but the thing is, uh, you know, I know you're joking, but the thing is people can say like, well, I know other people who make podcasts. I know other people who, you know, at a normal job you, you make phone calls, send emails, but putting that why behind it to say, hey, look, every time you give monthly, you're making content that changes a kid's life. You're you're pouring into leaders who are reaching out and discipling kids. So yeah. All about that why. That that's that's a huge takeaway from this for sure. And um, something else I wanted to do with this conversation is look at the side of the person being asked. So, so we're talking about right now, uh, if you're the person asking someone to join your ministry, but what about that person that's listening and they're saying, you know, I've been on the fence and that's why I'm listening to this right now. We're watching this right now is I'm on the fence about this Oana thing. And if I, if I fit, and so, uh, for those who are on the fence about committing or saying yes, what would you say to that person who is prayerfully considering serving in Awana?
1: Well, I can say that one thing that I do hear, um, just in contacts with churches, and as I as I get involved in seeing um, leadership teams, the one thing that that is a recurring theme has been, "I wish I'd gotten into this sooner." Mm. Um, they they drug their feet for whatever reason, and and maybe there's really valid reasons why we don't get involved. I mean, that's certainly a, a possibility too, but um, just having that, that, taking that first step of faith is so hard, right? We are so programmed um, in our brains to say no to things. We, we're used to getting appeals uh, in so many different avenues, and um, I would just say take that first step. I mean, we don't know what an individual club night's going to look like. You could be a, an to leader for 30 weeks and get 30 different uh, experiences as to what your night could look like. Um, but what's, what I do know is that I can still remember Awana leaders in my life and the impact that they made. And so you may not think of yourself in like a superhero kind of role, but if you're part of a team that's operating Awana or really any children's ministry, uh, you are a superhero and you may have the superhero skill of cleaning. You may have the superhero skill of listening, of praying, um, of being that upfront game person, whatever that looks like. Um, But we have our superpowers and uh, together the team functions because each person is filling that role.
0: Yeah. Avengers assemble. Yeah. And, but it's true. There's no small part in the kingdom of God. There really isn't. And kind of like you, it's crazy how when I look back on my time as a, as a child in Awana, I not only remember the leaders who I guess you could say had the bigger jobs like teaching the lesson or something or the director, I remember the leaders who you would say had the small jobs. I can remember my snack, the person who, who took care of snacks, I remember them because just of their kindness they showed me and how they showed the love of Jesus and how they talked to me when they were handing those snacks out. And so there is no small part And if you feel like I'm not the person for the job or I don't know if I'm good with kids, it's the thing is, I don't know if there's I mean, yeah, people can naturally have a bent toward kids, but honestly, if you if you show care to children If they see week in and week out you're consistent, that's huge. Because right now, consistency in a child's life is major. With everything going on with COVID and with so many kids today growing up in broken families and messed up backgrounds, having a consistent adult who week in and week out is loving and caring for them, you have no idea the impact that can make. So... You're right, David. Uh, We all have different superpowers that play into this role of changing kids' lives
1: for Christ. So, uh, and Hunter, that's a good good point too about the people behind the scenes. It's it's amazing how many times kids will adopt people into ministry or into like their sphere, um, and they'll just run up and and kids are amazing icebreakers, right? They'll go come up and give people hugs, and um, it's like it may not be the people that you would think it would, would, you might be that person that's off to the side and you're like, wow, I never would have pictured this person impacting the life of a child like this, but just seeing those connections and those kids and those eyes light up and they smile at you. They're just so happy to see you. I mean, um, it can, it can really uh, impact you as an adult, as a volunteer, just remembering that these kids um, are loving the people that are serving alongside them. So.
0: Yeah. And well, you just said reminded me of uh, times I've seen at my parents' church. They have a wana, and they'll have a volunteer who uh, they're not sure about it. They kind of come in wanting just very minimal responsibility. And before you know it, they can't get enough. They want to do more. They want to be part of more. And you come to see, and I've seen this a lot in wana. you come to see that just as much as adults impact children's lives, those children they serve impact the adults' lives. Um, you see people who grow in Awana. It grows their servant's heart. It grows their great commission spirit. And so, yeah, there's this, this change that happens between both realms. So uh, again, if you're on the fence, um, man, it just it at least just try. You know, you never know how it could be unless you just try. And maybe you try, and it's a, it's a miserable mess. Then you know, but. I guarantee when you when you do gospel ministry with kids you'll be surprised what you see God do uh, in and through you so but David thank you so much for jumping in on this conversation I don't know if you have any final thoughts you'd like to give about recruiting volunteers or becoming one um, if, do, you, do you have any final thoughts before we jump off
1: Yeah um, just a couple of thoughts especially about this COVID season uh, yeah. that we are we're working through um you may find that you need more tech support. Um, you may find that um, some some people that have more technical skills uh, might be people that you want to reach out to. Yeah. Um, we know teenagers and technology, right? I, I've always said that teenagers make awesome Awana leaders. And I know we don't want to pull them away from all their youth ministry things, but there's opportunities for them to grow their skills. And I think if, if you're considering doing Zoom meetings, even for families that even if you're going to have an in-person club, what I'm seeing is there's a lot of churches are going to be providing a virtual component for those that are more comfortable with that. And so it definitely lends itself to uh, youth being able to lead in a virtual format. So um, that may be an area of increased need. And and you've even talked about cleaning some, and I've really um, emphasized that importance and seen that be of even greater significance. If, if, you know, we're doing in-person ministry. That clean, men, that cleaning mentality is really going to have to be stepped up a notch. So, um, not that we haven't always been cleaning the churches, but um, there will be added emphasis in that. So, if people don't see themselves in, in kids ministry, um, you know, being that that um, facilities coordinator and and uh, and helping out with that. Um, and Hunter, I, I would just too want to say. Um, when we're, when we're recruiting volunteers, I also like the word attracting volunteers, just trying to make ministry so attractive. It just draws people into us. But yeah. um, whenever we're, we're in this uh, ministry role, um, people are going to say no. Right. And that's just going to be um, something that we are going to have to be okay with, with hearing that. And, uh, but I do want to speak into like, why, what was the reason for that? No.
0: Mm.
1: Um, because sometimes there's there's really valid concerns and we could be praying uh, alongside those those people for that. Sometimes we may see that there's something that on our end that we could tweak, we could adjust that would um, help cater to to the needs that that specific leader had. So um, sometimes people will say they can't because they can't be there every week. Well, well, maybe it's in every other week or or once a month. I mean. maybe there's concessions that we could make with that, or they can't be there right at six o'clock when ministry starts because of work. How many people do we hear about that? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Say, well, can you get here at six 30? That's when sparks have their handbook time and we always need extra hands for sparks on handbook time. Like, um, so working with some adjustments, understanding that not everyone might be able to fit that bill of I can be there every week, half hour early. Um, so, um, Maybe there's something like that, and in, and in some cases, maybe it's just going to be no for, you know, the foreseeable future, and, and so that's okay, too, but um, just understanding that, that people will step into the role at their level, and if, you know, now is not a good time, then now is just not going to be a good time for them, and we want to be um, willing to hear that out and understand where that volunteer's coming from, too.
0: Yeah. And that's so wise. You said two things there that I think is just top notch. One thing you can see with a no, a no isn't the end of the road. A no is an opportunity to minister to that person because who knows, maybe they're saying no because they have some illness in the family that is very difficult. And so maybe that gives you an opportunity to step in and say, how can I pray for you? And how can I serve you more? How can maybe our Awana clubbers, Uh, Make gift packages for that that sick family member. See when we have when we're spirit led, um, we walk beyond just uh, I guess man's mentality about things. Instead of saying oh man that's a no for our ministry, but it also could be an opportunity for your ministry too. So that's super. That that is such a good insight, David, of um, seeing no's as opportunities to minister to people um, and being caring and. And then that aspect of, you know what, maybe they're saying no because the issues on our end, maybe we're too rigid or strict, or maybe there are no leads to open possibilities for more avenues our ministry could work. You made me think of an example of a church where game time was kind of too rigid for them and it didn't fit a lot of their kids. So they ended up doing kind of a multi-track game time where they called it their, you know, their activity time where you know, if you're part of group A, then you go do robotics. If you're part of group B, then you play board games. If you're part of group C, uh, Mr. So-and-so teaches you about photography. And uh, I, I literally got this see that go down where they recruited this guy who loved photography. He said, hey, I don't know anything about working with kids. I don't know anything about game time, but I'm really good with photography. And if any kids are interested, I would teach them." And he did. It was part of their, their, their night. And so... That's the thing is uh, maybe a no can open up some more opportunities for our ministry and get more people in our church involved in different capacities. So
1: man that's a that's, that's a great, great
0: way to, to end this David. You you brought out some 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 good stuff here at the end but but man I really do appreciate you coming on and I know this is going to be beneficial for a lot of people. I know I took mental notes and I'm going to write them down after we're done. So I uh, learned a lot from this and we we'll definitely have to do some more of these for sure. So uh, I'll probably be bugging you more in the future, but David, uh, thanks so much. And I guess I'll see you at our next work group.
1: <laughs> yeah. See you Tuesday morning, man. <laughs> All right. All right. See thanks you, man. Thanks for having me. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to this conversation I have with David. Uh, if you have any questions about our conversation, or if you have suggestions or comments for future episodes, Uh, You can message us at HunterW at Awana.org. Again, that's HunterW at Awana.org. And if you need more information, if you would like to learn more about uh, my ministry and what we're doing here in the Tennessee Network, uh, you can go to www.awanatn.com. And there you can connect with us. You can subscribe to our newsletter. There you can find more videos, uh, articles, podcasts. So, Feel free to go to that website and learn more. Either way, we'll see you next time here with the Wanted Tennessee Network.